crack this bitch wide open, shall we? Let's go. Friggin' five overtime game. The Tampa Bay Lightning just beat the Blue Jackets. They waited like a couple minutes till they passed the Flyers, and then Braden Point fucking had to snipe, snipe that oh, shot. Oh, I thought I yeah, I misreported it, and they said longest game, and the Flyers are the third longest game, so I thought we were safe. So, guess not. Yeah, so that, I, I really didn't want them to pass the Flyers, because yeah, you watch all these overtime games in the past. I think we saw the last triple overtime game was, the, I think they said 2016 or something like that, and you're like, oh, good, they didn't pass the Flyers at least. So, finally, the Flyers got passed. When was that game in 2000? Yeah, it was like May 2002 or some shit like that. It's been that long. Crazy. So, we were kind of talking about that during the game there, during the intermissions. Jack, why don't you tell your story first about... Because that's like the only thing that we remember when we think back to that game is what happened like during that goal. I mean, Jack, you remembered another memory there. One I completely forgot with John LeClaire, but... Like tell tell your little story with the the Flyers five overtime game. I mean, it's not much of a story because it's so fragmented. It might as well be a puzzle in a movie at this point. But all I remember is the Penguins were up. I want to say one nothing, and it was. I think they scored pretty early in the third. But I all I remember is Leclerc bracing himself, the puck hitting off his helmet and going in the net. You're like, oh shit, they tied it. Great, and then. I was, I think I was 12. It was a school night. I think it was like a Thursday because I remember being like, I wish, why couldn't it be Friday or the weekend and I could stay up? So I'm waiting for somebody to enter the room and send me to bed. (laughs) Although I'm watching the game with my dad. I'm waiting for him to say something too. Around the third overtime, he fell asleep. And because I didn't want to get sent to bed, I just didn't say, I didn't wake him up. (laughs) Uh, You know, I was just like, go ahead, sleep it off. Uh, I don't know what my mom was doing. And, yeah, I remember when they scored, I had to wake my dad up because he was still asleep, had no idea what period it was, what time it was, and what happened. <laughs> and what did he say awesome. when you woke him up? He's like, what the hell? What are you still doing awake? Like, he was, like, he was like, almost like something was wrong. He had that, like, jolt. Like, he jolted awake. Whoa. <laughs> oh, what? And he looked over at the TV, and he went, and then he cheered. It was like you could see the um, the gears turning. Like, he took him a minute. Like, I looked at him, look at the TV. I probably could have counted to three, which in real time is kind of long. <laughs> And then he was like, oh, all right, yeah, all right, go to bed. <laughs> Kyle, do you have uh, any stories like that, a memory like that about that game? Uh, no, because I was – In bed? Shit, when was it, 2000? It was. I was uh, nine years old, and I'm pretty sure I was sent to bed <laughs> before they even got to overtime. <laughs> what but if that on? happened now, Kyle, would uh, Kyle Jr. be up watching? He would try. But yeah. he would probably annoy the shit out of me, so I'd send him to bed at some point. Because, dude, you cannot distract me. <laughs> oh, yeah, especially if it's the Flyers, my God. But I, I do have one story from that, not including myself. My brother's about 10 years older than me, and uh, they were in high school at the time. And they went into high school. And you know how uh, you always knew it was going to be a good day when you w- walked into class and there was that TV with the uh, VCR attached yeah. to it on that rolling <laughs> cart? Yeah, he uh, he walked in and there was a TV there with a, I think it was Goonies actually, popped into the uh, VCR and the teacher was like, I was up all night watching hockey, you guys watch this movie, and he went to sleep on the desk. (laughs) Wow, that's pretty cool. (laughs) Man, he tortured them with that movie, huh? Goonies sucks. What? 
Jeez. Beat your fucking ass right here, Jim. You no, know, you're talking about a young Thanos. He was in that. <laughs> I hate that movie. Wow. Jim, you just made us an enemy of the public with that statement. Were you called were you chunky when you were a kid? You were chunky. <laughs> <laughs> you were chunk. That's why you hate it. Why why? What does that have to do with anything? That's just why you hate it. You were called you, chunk. People made you lift your shirt and make funny noises. Did that happen in the movie? All right. If you didn't even see it, then we can't <laughs> talk about it. No, like I like I must have like lost interest like watching it. Like it was so bad, like I just blacked it out. I blocked it out of my memory. But we can move on if you guys want. We don't have to talk about the Goonies anymore. So I know. Yeah, that'll do. How about you, Jim? You got a story with this? Uh, yeah, this funny story? enough. Funny enough, we were talking and our, our our stories are like really similar. Like I was sitting there watching a the game. My dad, my brother, my mom had gone up to bed already. I, I can't even remember what time it was when the game ended. Like maybe 2 o'clock in the morning, something like that. Uh, and I remember looking. I was sitting on the floor. I look. I remember looking back at my dad a couple times. Like, is he is he awake? Is he sleeping? I could never tell. I was like, is he looking at me? Is he he's gonna yell at me for staying awake? Like, I don't know. So, at at some point, I don't I don't remember which overtime it was. I remember that he actually did wake up. Like he stretched and he's like, oh, still still on. And I'm like, yeah, still on. I'm like, shit, he's gonna send me to bed. And he just falls. I, I hear him snoring. He goes back to sleep. So finally, the Flyers score. I, I think I might have yelled. I don't remember. And maybe I woke him up and. My ass went to bed shortly afterwards, so that's that's all the memory I have left of that game. I don't really recall much else. I just remember Keith Primo making that move, and you know, couldn't have been a prettier goal in a five overtime game. I mean, unless unless you want to count the one today, that was another pretty one, wasn't it? I mean, I'm sure. I I really don't think Corpusal saw it at all. Uh, that game was getting out of hand, though. They were just the guys were starting to get hurt. <laughs> you could see it. They were guys were just getting taking a long time to get up. Uh, although speaking of that, uh, the Flyers version of that, how about that Keith Jones story? I was dying. I did not know that. And when I saw it, they showed his stats. He had a plus one. And they're talking about how he had no shots, no hit, <laughs> that was how much one. time it was. And I know I'm like he's gonna say something about this plus one. Sure enough, he did. It shows the play, and it shows him taking off towards the bench for a change. <laughs> I'm like he is so lucky he even got that point. Like that that was awesome. I thought that was great. Um, that was just, such a, just an update. They did not beat the Flyers record. Thank you. Sure? I didn't they think missed so. it by two minutes. Yes. I was I gonna say I, I thought they I reported something else. I'm glad though. That's awesome. Yeah. When did the Flyers score? Like yeah, twelve geez. minutes and some change. Yeah, it was late or not late. It was like after the midway point. Um, like twelve minutes and change had gone by or twelve minutes yes, and change were left. Yes. Oh, okay. By. So there was probably um, like the other two games are like time. from the 30s and they were like six overtimes and I don't know. Did Who you was see around the one? It was six, six overtimes and Boston won one nothing. Yeah. Like, what a fucking shit game that must have snooze. been. The people would have been second sleeping in the, at the end of the second period, man. Like, <laughs> so before we get to the Flowers, we might as well give our series picks here. I mean, we're already talking about Tampa Bay, Columbus. I'm just going to breeze through these guys so we can actually you know get in depth a little bit about the flyers and canadians so we'll start out with the uh with the eastern conference we'll do uh the bolts and the blue jack it's jack and kyle you guys both have the lightning in this series you got oh, yeah. we got the lightning but i also had them four games to one and tonight almost made them you know tough for that to happen uh that being said now after this game 
Uh, personally, I think four to one looks pretty good right now because I think that had to have taken everything out of the Blue Jackets to not come away with a win like that. I mean, that's got to be so demoralizing. It could be wrong. They have a great coach, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, I got I got the bolts. I think I had the bolts in five. So yeah, four one, and I, I'm still sticking to that. I don't see how a like Jack alluded to. I don't see how um, Columbus comes back from that. Um, I don't see how their their goalie Corpusello performs at that level again in this series. I mean, yes, that was amazing. One of the best performance of performances I've ever seen an NHL goalie put in to a game. But I just can't. I mean, especially after that. Whew. Here's if a question. He can, if he can repeat that, I would be shocked. Yeah. Here's a question for you because Columbus has options at goaltender while Tampa Bay, I mean, they only, Vasilevsky is their, uh, their horse, right? They're going to ride him every single game. Uh, whereas Columbus has at least two guys that can lean on in Merzlikens and uh, Corpusalo. Uh, if you're Tortorella, do you give Corpusalo a break and start Merzlikens? He's nice and fresh, and then go back to Corpusalo in game two. I personally, I personally think that would be a slap in the face. I mean, uh, yeah, this just play- had 90 saves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's playoff. I get, I get why you ask. It's playoffs though, and you know, it's like. You, you got to give it everything you have. Unless he was like barely made it out with an injury, which doesn't really happen with goalies. Like he have to go, you have to ride Corpusalo until he starts to falter. And even, and in their scenario, it's good to have Merz Lickens. That's why I think four to one makes is a good, at this point, didn't look that good this, today, um, is a good uh, prediction for the, how the series should go. I could see Corpusalo not having it, not enough to steal a game. Merzliskins comes in and maybe he steals one and there's your one. But this is it should be Tampa from here on out, I think. And I don't think uh, Tortorella will – I don't think he'll change much. I mean, you couldn't play a much better game than they did. You know, this is a – Tampa's the best team on paper, if you ask me. And not just paper, the standings. You know, they stumbled out of the gate, but they're looking awfully good now. Um yeah, when they're when they're going, if they get Stamkos back or what have you, they're going to be trouble. They they got the best team throughout the top to bottom that you've seen, and that's going to be tough for uh, these goaltenders to shut that down, especially after tonight's game or finish, I should say. All right, so let me ask you guys one more question. I don't want to spend too much time on this series, but they did just play tonight, and they played what they play seven, almost eight periods of hockey. So I feel like it's it's relevant now, so we might as well talk about it. Well, it's definitely relevant because it pushed our show back as well as pushed the Boston-Carolina game back to uh, 11 a.m. tomorrow morning. Yeah, how about that? And I want to bring that up in a second. But playing eight periods in the first game of a series, is that going to affect these guys the rest of the way? Can you ever fully recover? Because, I mean, you play a three-period uh, three game, that's normal. You play in overtime. That's normal. Then you play the fifth. It's like, all right, well, we're beat. Dude, they played five. They played four and a half overtimes. You have absolutely no legs. Tomorrow, they're going to be fucking dead all day. The next day, maybe they're back to 100%, maybe, and they got to play again. You know, and, and you're going to be beat after that game, but you're going to be extra beat. You if know, you're Tam- bu- If Tampa wins in four or five, it won't freaking matter because they're going to have a nice long break before the next round, so... 
Okay. That could definitely happen. I picked two of my if games it, going to game seven. So for sure, uh, actually, if anything, that's what they should aim to do. I mean, obviously you want to win all your games, but it makes all the more sense. Um, you know, and I, to answer your question at its, its basic level, I would normally say not really, but in this condensed playoff uh, schedule, maybe, you know, maybe, I mean, I think Seth Jones played an hour of game time. I mean, you know, you, you don't just shake that off with a one day rest or two day, whatever it's going to end up being. Uh, the playoffs are usually stacked a lot closer, um, obviously, but th- this situation we have here, like you got teams do- playing everything, but, ba- but back to back, you know, they are, mm-hmm. they couldn't be closer. So we'll have to see. I mean, they could sure as hell use their game getting pushed back a day. If uh, somebody goes in the quadruple overtime or whatever. So, um, it, I guess we'll see. These guys are uh, more conditioned and they look better, as Keith Jones alluded to. They looked a lot better and they were still hitting uh, well into the overtime compared to the team he was on. So um, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, but it wouldn't surprise me if this game, this series goes longer to see some uh, some issues. Can I just point out one thing before we wrap up this uh, Tampa Bay Columbus talk? Yeah. Yes. Thank God for our two gems in Keith Jones and Brian Boucher keeping it real the entire time because Mike Milbury's a fucking idiot. From start to finish, he's an idiot. Did anybody hear Brian Boucher call him out in the third overtime? No, I missed it. You missed that? Oh, it was gold. So Mike Milbury starting off the third overtime goes, you know, by this point, everybody's dead. They're packing it in. There's no point in playing this game. Everybody wants to see an end, yada, yada, yada. About 10 minutes later, Columbus blocks like five shots in a row. And Brian Boucher goes, yeah, hey, Mike, look at all those guys packing it in, sitting in the lanes, blocking shots. Oh, my God. And no, I missed that. That's awesome. Dude, thank you. God, and as you alluded to, Keith Jones and Brian Boucher now, they're absolute treasures. Like, they are two of the most down-to-earth hockey guys. They know what they're talking about. Keith Jones is hysterical. Like, you know, he has no problem making fun of himself, but also staying serious. And Milbury, he is straight up on there to say dumb shit for everybody else to, like, react off of and and for to get a reaction. He's a comic relief, and everybody knows it except for him. And it's just... I'd rather be without it, but it is a pleasure that he's the Boston guy and the two Philly guys are the ones everybody takes seriously. It was also worth noting that after Brian Boucher said that, Mike Milbury didn't say anything until about halfway through the fourth overtime. <laughs> it's, funny, it's funny you bring that up, though, because I feel like he went back at him way later, and I caught that. It was uh, about the uh, breakaway. Remember the breakaway that uh, Columbus had? And they were looking for a penalty, and Boucher thought it was a penalty. And when they showed the replay, uh, Milbury was like, no, I don't see it there, Brian. Sorry. And it was kind of like Brian was like, yeah, upon review, I, I thought he had his arm draped over. He didn't. Milbury was very quick to, like, attack Boucher's original uh, views on the play. And I'm thinking maybe that's why, because I didn't catch that earlier. It's a possibility. Yeah. I mean, he was so way too quick to start talking did. smack. All right, so let's move on a little bit here, guys. We'll cover uh, another. We'll we'll kind of breeze through some of these. So, uh, Jack, you mentioned Bruins Canes move tomorrow at 11 a.m. Uh, Jack and Kyle, you guys also have the Bruins in this series. I feel like we're the only two. Yeah, yeah a lot I of went, people are picking the Canes here. I picked the Canes, and for what it's worth, I picked the Blue Jackets too. I forgot to mention that. Um, I mean, both 
Well, the blue jet. Wow, did you have the blue jackets in seven? Uh, I can't remember exactly. I think it was six. That's still impressive. I mean, after tonight's performance, if they'd have pulled this out, you would have looked like uh, a secret genius. But yeah, you know, this is coming. This tough. is a guy who picked the Flyers to win the division, and I think we all know at this point that <laughs> might have happened. No, it <laughs> did happen. What are you talking we, about? We were first. We won the whole East, buddy. In <laughs> a condensed version, in a condensed version, Jim was right, but we we laughed at him and we were wrong. So yeah, so to get to Boston, Carolina, I t- Jim, you're in the majority. Is my point. So I don't think it's crazy that you picked Carolina. It just seems like the cool thing to do. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna stick with Boston. I I don't think because they played so poorly in the round robin that they're just gonna say why don't we just continue to just like not give a shit. Like this team came within one win of the Stanley Cup last year. You think they're just gonna pack it in? Like they're back in the playoffs. It's real playoff time now, not just BS seeding games. I think you're going to see a Boston, a different Boston Bruins team. This is not a similar scenario like with Pittsburgh where Malkin looked disinterested. I think Boston's going to surprise some people. That being said, I have this game going seven series, and that's a credit to uh, how just how well Carolina looks. But at the end of the day, Reimer and Morazic, <laughs> they definitely don't do it for me, and I think that's going to be their Achilles heel. I also have it going seven games, but I believe that Boston's experience is going to take over at some point. And when that happens, it's it's going to be over. And I, I, if there's ever a game for experience to come and no play, it's game seven. I think That's Boston a really good a point. I wasn't pick. even thinking of that. Yeah, Boston's a smart pick. You know what bothers me about the Bruins, though, is how they came into and they came into the round robin like so, like arrogant, like that. That never bodes well for a team. Like the Canes came out and they were just in a playoff series, and they blew the do- they blew the doors off the New York Rangers, and they're primed and ready. You know, they had their warm up games, whereas Boston kind of treated the round robin like a preseason almost. And I think the level of focus, like the the Hurricanes, for me are a step ahead focus wise. So. Maybe the uh, this is what I'm expecting, and you know I could be wrong. I'm expecting the Bruins, the Bruins to come out a little bit flat. Maybe uh, the Hurricanes win Game One, maybe they steal Game Two, and the Bruins maybe start to wake up in Game Three and Game Four. I can't remember if I have it going six or seven, but I, I have the Hurricanes winning. Well, it's funny that you say that. I, I think Boston wins the first game. Um, only because I think if Boston did get down like 2-0, even 3-0 or 3-1, um, they might pack it in at that point. Because <laughs> not that I think that the, that's what they're made of or anything, but to go so poorly in the round robin and then play so poorly after that, you might not see that fire. I do think you're going to see that fire in the first couple of games. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we all seem to have it going to Game 7, which means we're giving Carolina a lot of credit here, and rightfully so. And i got to give credit to my uh, my co-host on my show, Steve. He he loves Carolina, maybe even a little too much. I said, if so you're telling me if Carolina had a goalie, you put them only behind Philly for this tournament? He said, yes. It's like, wow, considering how good Tampa, Av- the Avalanche, and the Knights are, That's that was impressive. I don't think they're that, quite that good. Uh, but they got a lot of names on that team. They got some great defense that could cover up a lot of mistakes, and they got enough guys on offense like uh, Sebastian Ajo who can get it done. For sure. 
so let's move on a little bit here for our next series that we're going to talk about the Capitals and the Islanders. So this one's a little bit different because Kyle and I both picked the Island, uh, the Islanders and Jack, you picked the Capitals. Yeah, I think uh, kind of to Kyle's point with Boston, I think will prevail here with Washington. Uh, this is definitely not a matchup any team would like for the first round if you're Washington, the way that the Islanders play. Um, that being said, I would hope the uh, the Washington Capitals have a uh, little revenge factor uh, with Barry Twats. Barry Twats. Oh <laughs> is that Barry our new coach? I got yeah, we got a coach. We got a coach, Barry Twats. I like that name, um, Barry Trotz. I don't know if you'd call it um, a revenge factor. You know, just the situation is what it is. Um, I have this game. I have this series in six games. I think that's a fair number. I think whichever teams win wins this will be six games. Uh, I'm just going with the experience. I'm going with the offensive firepower. Um, they got a lot of good names on defense, too, in Washington and a good goalie. And I think ultimately what normally separates the Islanders from other teams is they're able to score and then shut it down. Uh, I think Washington could score with the best of them, and they got their own set of defensemen and goaltending who will do just enough to get past this first round. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about why you think the Islanders are going to win this one, Kyle. I just think that... Washington's defense is shaky as shit right now, and the Islanders' defense is just way too strong. Their entire team defense plays way too good. So if they can get up by a goal or two in any of the games, they win the game, in my opinion. I cannot see Washington forcing the issue without it going the opposite direction. Um, They have been getting solid goaltending as well, but I just don't see – I don't see Washington's goaltending – and defense holding up to the task of the Islanders in the first round, especially how Washington played coming in. I mean, the yeah. last the last part of the season into the round robins, now into the playoffs. I mean, listen, one one week it's a fluke, two weeks, eh? Now you're talking about a month coming out of the season, and then a week into the round robin, and they haven't looked. Like they're a shell of themselves right now, so I just don't see them turning it around. Yeah, and what, uh, well, to your point, if I'm a Washington Capitals fan, uh, I'm very worried about a lot of that. I'm very worried that my team's a little bit older. It seems that all the teams that have won cups in recent history in this tournament kind of dogged it. You know, like um, Boston was in the cup, they didn't really show up for the round robin. Washington, would they finish third? You know, they they won. Uh, they had an overtime loss and a win against ball against Boston. Even in St. Louis, they finished last in uh, the Western, and they won the Cup last year. See, you know, Pittsburgh didn't even show up for the first round. I just named you the last like five Stanley Cup winners, and they all had horrible round robins. Almost like they just didn't get, didn't take this seriously or think it actually should count. And uh, I think if that Washington team with that mentality shows up, uh, the Islanders will eat them alive, and you'll see a lot of two to one wins, one nothing, three to one, whatever. Uh, if Washington does show up, I think you could see some five to three, five to four wins, or what have you. And I think based on their mentality is how the series is going to go. And, and the Islanders are perfectly capable of beating this team. And this is a, I think the X factor in this series is the coach. I think Barry. 
Barry Twats is the X factor here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously Washington has all the sexy names of Etchkin, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, you know. Uh, who, yeah, who knows if Carlson's going to play. <laughs> I, see, I think that's a factor as well. Like, if John Carlson plays, he hasn't played in a game since March. You know, so will he be a factor like the other guys will? Uh, I think a guy who's going to have to really show up this series, believe it or not, is Tom Wilson. Uh, and then having said that, the Islanders have guys that can combat Tom Wilson and Matt Martin and Cal Clutterbuck. Uh, newly, uh, the new the new guy they traded for, Pajot, looks pretty decent. I think the stoppage kind of helped him find his groove with the team. Uh, and then they play that fucking system. And they have solid goaltending with Varlamov. Yeah, I, I, I was hard-pressed to not pick the Islanders in this series. And I really love Barry Trotz, man. I think he's a one of the, 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 the greatest coaches of, of our time. No, it's a good point. Um, Trotz is a very good coach. I remember when he became a free agent, we all saw a comment. I'm like, we're still hanging on the hacksaw. Like, what? Like, come on. Like, yeah. God, sometimes, I, as much as I loved hacksaw, there were times I really hated him, and that was one of them. Like, this guy just won the cup, and he's a free agent. Like, the, Ed Schneider would already have him on a plane to Philly at this point, you know, and then we're sticking with hacksaw. And you, it showed dividends to that team. I mean, my God. It's like whoever, whatever player is goes to that team, if they have any ability of defensive play, it's going to shine, and they're just automatically going to be made better players. And it's a shame. It's a shame that they haven't made it farther. Um, where I said the Boston Carolina series, Carolina was like the popular pick, and haha. Uh, Washington Islanders. This is kind of split. I would give it to the people picking the Islanders, but I totally, I totally understand, and they deserve the credit here. Uh, this of all the Eastern Conference matchups, the predictions I've made, this one is the one I'd be most nervous about. Yeah, for sure. There's some good ones. So I want to get to the Flyers last. I want to kind of breeze through the uh, the Western Conference here. So let's start out with Vegas and Chicago. Who do you guys got? You got uh, actually, I think we all got Vegas. So uh, yeah, Vegas and a... six. Vegas and six, and I wouldn't be surprised got, if it's in five. I got Vegas and five. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me uh, I mean, it's great as Chicago played against Edmonton, and they got some offensive firepower. They do have their issues, and the Knights are a complete team. Uh, they got That's everything. Insane. They got two goaltenders they could throw at you. They their defense is improved. Uh, they have all the most of the same players from their Stanley Cup run, and they added Pacioretty, Stone, uh, Stasny. I mean. Winning a seven-game series against this team, especially how screwed they got last year, it's going to be awfully tough. And they showed you how good they are in the round robin. This is one of the last teams I like to see. So I got, I mean, I think six is generous. Okay. Six games for uh, this series. So let's move on to Colorado, Arizona, and we all have Colorado in that series. Are we giving Phoenix a shot at all? I, I have Colorado in six, or maybe I have Colorado in five. I can't remember. Six or five. I'm pretty sure it was six, because I think Phoenix is going to squeak out at least one or two. Surprises me. Um, Arizona's played better than I thought they would. Uh, they do have some offensive firepower, obviously. They have a good system, decent goaltending and defense. But everybody's picking Colorado. It, to go to the cup. I'm seeing a lot of that, you know, so seeing Arizona force game seven or have a shot at winning just seems really not feasible. I have Colorado in five. We expect a lot of out of this team, especially McKinnon. 
They got all these other pieces. McCarr has really raised that team's level, and they got plenty more. Arizona's good, but I think they lack too many pieces, and it's ultimately going to show. So I'm going with Colorado. I went with Colorado too, but if you if we think about it for a second, isn't Arizona like that team that would frustrate the hell out of a, a really good team and maybe sneak off with a couple wins? I mean, and then they got Taylor Hall. They got they could put the puck in the net, but the way we've seen it, because the, the Flyers usually have trouble with them, the way that they play is such a frustrating style of hockey that I think they could probably steal a couple games. They have they could potentially steal this series if Darcy Kemper, you know, plays out of his mind. They have a solid defensive core, and like I mentioned, they have a couple guys that can put the puck in the net. They could steal it, but they would have to absolutely play a perfect series. I, I mean, yeah, you're not crazy for saying that. I think a lot of stuff would have to go right. But if a team were to steal a series, a lot of things would have to go right. So it's not that crazy. You got Phil Kessel. You got Taylor Hall. Um, Jesus, Jim, who's the guy I got that I – okay, Clayton Keller. You know, I mean, he, he's this goal scorer. I mean, that's enough right there to make a difference if you can shut it down, shut them down offensively. I just don't think they can. I think they're too fast. I think they're too talented. They're too good. McKinnon especially. Uh, you got Langeskong on that team. You got um, – who's that Ratton. winger? Yeah, Ratnan. Like, and then you got McCarr back there, and they, they got other players who are pretty solid and pitch in. They got more depth than you realize. Got a good enough goaltending and defense. It's going to be re- a lot would have to go right for Arizona. I don't see it happening. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. So our next two series here. Now, these ones I think are really interesting series because I've seen, you know, a bunch of guys pick different teams with these next two. Let's start out with the, the Stars versus the Flames. Jack, you took the Stars where Kyle and I took the Flames. This is another one where I feel like I'm on an island. Um, I have the Stars in seven. I do think it'll be close. Uh, did we get a finish on tonight's game for them? Yep, Calgary won. Yeah, Calgary. Oh, yeah, that's right. They pulled it off. They couldn't come back. I saw it was 2 nothing right away. I'm like, okay, well, my prediction's looking bad. Dallas made a game of it, so that's good. But my thing with Calgary is they don't show up in the playoffs, Johnny Gajot especially. So I was until I see that, I wasn't going to pick them. Unfortunately, in the round robin, looks like uh, I saw a little Gajot scoring, so... In hindsight, this may have been the wrong pick, but um, I pushed it to seven. Dallas looked better than I thought they would. I'm surprised they were one of the round-robin teams. I didn't realize how good of a season they had, and then they didn't look too shabby. So I gave them this Game 7 edge. Uh, This one is one of the predictions I'm probably— not just because they lost Game 1, but eh, just from what everybody else seems to be picking— Maybe Calgary's coming to life. Maybe this is it. Maybe they're getting over their unable to put up points uh, mantra, and this is a good team for them to get get past, like to start ever to springboard them. Kyle, your Flames pick. Uh, flames and six. I don't think Dallas is really shown up. I think Dallas looks like Dallas looked in the beginning of the season, and that's not good for Dallas because they were fucking horrible in the beginning of the season. That's a good point. They have so, like an older, slower team. Well, exactly. Exactly. Meanwhile, we were there Calgary's when they, they beat the Flyers early. We were there live. Yeah, thanks for that, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, and, and to the point there, like I, I feel like the, the Flames are a lot faster, and they have guys like Matt Kachuk, Johnny Gaudreau. 
Sean Monahan's had he had a solid play in round. Uh, if they can get the goaltending, I mean, you saw today Cam Talbot's not a starting. I mean, he's not a starting caliber goalie in this league anymore. Uh, if they can get the goaltending, they can win this series. I'm kind of banking on that because I, I don't think the Stars can score with the Flames. Uh, but if, if they can stop Calgary from scoring, then the Stars could absolutely win, I think. Uh, let's move on here. We have the defending Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues versus the Vancouver Canucks. Kyle, you took the Blues, whereas Jack and I took the Canucks. Yeah, I think uh, the Canucks are a one-trick pony, and the Blues will shut that shit down pretty quickly. So I got, uh, other than their goalie stealing a game or so, <coughs> I think the Blues are going to pretty much take that series in six. I think I may have had that one in seven. I also have this game in seven, obviously going Vancouver. Uh, the defending Stanley Cup chance, they uh, they weren't as bad as Boston, but they looked pretty disinterested in the uh, round robin. A little concerned about that. They uh, also, I mean, they did manage to get into the round robin, but they weren't as good as I thought they'd be after adding Justin Falk to their team. Um, I think he'll be more beneficial if they lose Petrogano. Uh, he needs more power play time. But that being said, as far as the playoffs are concerned, they, I, I just they don't look like the team from last year. If they do get past this round, I don't see them going very far. As far as Vancouver is concerned, they definitely have the offense. But one player I think you're going to see shine is going to be uh, Quinn, Quinn Hughes. Quinn. That's it. That is his first name. <laughs> Quinn Hughes. Yeah. He's been a much better player than I thought he'd be. I, I mean, he he's... He's like their guy. Like when he got drafted, I thought he'd be a better player, not have so many points uh, compared to other defensemen coming out that year. And he's just the full package. And I didn't see that coming. You uh, combine that with Elias Pettersson and Besser and other little players they got and the surprisingly strong goaltending they got, they have. I think it's enough to edge edge him out in seven games. Um, and this is one where I don't feel like I'm on an island. I feel like a lo- this is split. This is more split where the people are going on. If uh, they're going to pick an upset in the West, this is the one they tend to go towards. Yeah, so I have Vancouver also. And this team, I think, is a little bit underrated. Who did they just beat in the round? Pro- oh, the Minnesota Wild. So the Wild aren't exactly a flashy team. They have a lot of uh, aging veteran former star players and Stahl, Parise, and uh, and uh, Ryan Suter. Uh, but the Vancouver Canucks beat them. You know, they they have a good young team mixed with some, you know, sneaky vets in there. I'm thinking of guys like if Brock Besser can show up and have the series that he had against Minnesota, I think Vancouver's got an absolute shot here. Uh, if they do win, I mean, they're, they're going up against the defending Stanley Cup champs and St. Louis Blues are a complete team from from goaltender to, you know, the top line. It's going to be tough, but I had a hunch. I like watching the Canucks play. They can get a little sloppy, and I think that's going to hurt them, but I still took them in seven. Yeah, so I guess they're kind of my sleeper for – I took a lot of upsets. On paper, they look like upsets, but hockey's like – there's so much parity in the league. Are they really upsets, you know? It's one of the reasons why I like the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. This isn't like you're – uh, Golden State Warriors where you sweep the first three rounds and then wait yeah. to a month to play somebody. And that's what I like about it. Uh, anything can happen, and while we might call it an upset, it's really not. It's just two teams that were wherever they were in the standings who could beat each other on any given night. That's right, exactly. So let's get to the 
marquee matchup, the hometown boys going up against the Montreal Canadiens. And all three of us have the Flyers. It seems like anybody out there who's making picks is picking the Flyers. How many games do you guys see this going? And are we shortchanging Montreal at all? No, fuck Montreal. It's a sweep. (laughs) It ain't even a game. It's not even a series. Dude, they're never going to be in this series. Everybody keeps saying, oh, Carey Price looks like... I don't give a shit about how Carey Price looks. We are going to steamroll Montreal. It's not. It's never even going to be a series. They're never even going to be in a game. Four nothing, Flyers. Yeah, I mean, I think we're... Um, <laughs> some of the stats that are coming out about Montreal defenders. I think I saw one about Carter Hart. Oh, you mean the last time Carter Hart played his idol and he lost the game or blah, 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 got pulled. That actually was not the last time he played him. The last time he played him, he won. He beat Carey Price. And the time they're referring to, uh, Hart got injured in warm-ups, and that's what led to the fiasco that followed. But they want to forget that stuff. Where I wanted to give Montreal a little bit of credit, seeing stuff like that just boiled, just killed, boiled my blood. You know, it really irked me. Uh I think Montreal also just won their Stanley Cup against the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they're not going to have much left. And I also think the Flyers are going to give them a wake-up call when you see how good they are top to bottom. The Flyers aren't going to let this team hang around like Pittsburgh did. The Flyers aren't going to let them get out-muscled, out-worked, out-played. The Flyers have a better system. Uh, the only thing they don't have is a better goaltender, and that's only because time, we need more time. You know, In due time, Carter Hart will be, mark my words. Uh, we have better defense. We have better offense through you know first through fourth line um we probably would start scoring on the penalty uh, the power play with this team i'm not afraid of their power play i'm not afraid of their penalty kill uh, the only thing i'm afraid of is is carry price and i yeah could he get them a game sure i got the flyers winning in a sweep wow two sweeps out brooms out so let me uh, just bring up some names from this Montreal team for you guys here. Nobody. Uh, Max, Max Domi. I wrote a little. I'm gonna selflessly, selfishly self-plug myself. That's what she said. He plugged I wrote himself. An artic- I wrote an article earlier today about this team a little bit, and the Flyers last played the Canadians in the playoffs back in 2010, and this series kind of has that similar feel for me. Whereas the Flyers are kind of coming in on a roll, they're coming in on a high. I don't want to call them a juggernaut yet because I don't. I really just don't want to jinx them. But the Flyers obviously are the team with the more sexier names. They're kind of steamrolling over top competition right now. Uh, whereas the the Canadians, like back in 2010, they had no business being in the conference final. And now it kind of feels like they have no business being in the playoffs, you know, because they really shouldn't be there if it wasn't for this whole, you know, play-in round thing. They are there, so here we are. Uh, we're looking at younger kids like uh, Nick Suzuki, who's an offensively talented player, obviously, but he's only like 19, 20 years old. Uh, Kakanyemi, who, who's kind of having a hard time finding his way, and I don't think he's going to find it in this series. Uh, and then they have some sneaky vets. Brendan Gallagher's been getting talked up a lot on Twitter, I feel like, recently, even before this series. Uh, Thomas Tatar, I don't know about you guys, but I I forgot he even played for Montreal. That's uh, how Kyle irrelevant Ma- he is. 
I think he led the team in scoring, though, believe it or not. By a like, lot. That's like, that's like leading the fucking Detroit Red Wings in plus minus. Yeah, but, but so here's the thing, though. I think he has the same amount of points as Travis Konechny has. He's got 61 points, Tatar. Okay. So then two goals, t- t- 39 t- t- assists. <laughs> the funny thing is the next best player is Philip Deneau. He's got 47 points. He's got a big lead. And even even Domi's after that at 40 at 44. That's yep. a big lead. Yep. I think I think the Flyers have proven they can shut down speed. They did it with Tampa Bay. They did it with Washington. They are going to shut Montreal down cuz all Montreal has is speed and Shea Weber. So Okay. They're going to get shut down. I'm telling you Ford now. I mean, I mean, there's nobody on this team that I'm afraid of. Tatar, no. Dino, Domi, Gallagher, Suzuki. You know, Jesus Christ, Nick Cousins and Jordan Wheel are on this team. Oh, and yeah. don't forget, don't forget our boy Dale Weiss. <laughs> so you oh, guys yeah, aren't Dale, afraid of yeah, Jeff Dale Petrie, Weiss then. as well. Holy cow, I almost forgot the overtime savior. Could what you imagine? Joke. Could you imagine if we lost a series to Dale Weiss and Jordan Wheel? I will fucking shoot myself. Dude, I even it. I have liked guarantee? what I've seen at a Jonathan Druin. I remember <laughs> you'll read about it in the news. <laughs> Kyle will shoot himself if the Flyers lose to Dale Weiss. They got Christian Feline as well. Oh yeah. Could <laughs> um, I forget? Yeah, so they're just patching everything together. I mean, can you guys tell me what two players were on their team that are now on different playoff teams? I don't know if one should be a, a gimme. No, no, no. This year. They had them this year and traded them before the deadline. Two players. They were selling guys off, huh? Yeah. And one of them should be a gimme. Drawing a blankie. First one is Nate Thompson for the Flyers. Ah, shit. Second one is Kovalchuk for the Capitals. suck. He didn't do too bad with them. They got him real cheap and ended up getting a higher pick for him, didn't they? Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. was exactly what they should have done. It was perfect for them. The only other guys, yeah, you, know, you brought up. Um, yeah, we haven't talked about Paul Byron. He's he's been on and off. Uh, I've seen some good play. I've seen some bad. But he's had a pretty rough season, to be honest with you. He hasn't played a lot of games, but uh, I saw him show up in the playoffs. Um, but it just seemed like none of their guys could really get going. Pittsburgh just let them stick around, and they were able to pull it off. Uh, Petrie, but he's 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 older. Weber's bigger, but older. I'm not I'm not worried about the speed. They don't have much size outside of Weber. I, the Flyers should mop the floor with these guys. Like, they really should. I mean, there's there's nothing that makes you go, oh shit, with this team. And no. we are the exact opposite of Pittsburgh. While you have teams like Boston, possibly the Blues, definitely Pittsburgh. Oh, this is BS. We shouldn't have to play this. We finished higher, or we already won a cup. This is silly. The Flyers, like, we got screwed. This was our year, and it was taken away from us. So, And as you can see, they came into the round robin with something to prove, and they proved it, and they only have to, as they get no credit, have to further prove it. And I think they're going to make an example out of this team. So let me ask you guys, before I get to my question, just to recap the regular season here. So the Flyers went 2-1 and one against the Canadians. They needed overtime twice, not once but twice. And in the game they did lose, they lost 4-1. to one. Over, I mean, maybe regular season doesn't mean anything, but if you're going by those scores, it looks like the Flyers had trouble with the Montreal Canadiens this season. 
Well, let me I, ask you this. When do they play them? I can't remember. And were they on back-to-backs? Because if I recall correctly, the two overtime winning games against Montreal were on the back half of a back-to-back. Oh, are we using excuses for a team that they should mop the floor with? Well, and if, if it was in the beginning of the season, learning systems. This is a huh? different Flyers team than the first three months. I will say the Flyers are a different team ever since – up until their West Coast trip where they were, like, horrible. Ever since that, this has been a different team. And if we played those Canadians before that, I bet you the losses before that, uh, I, I just I just feel like if we played them, it just was like you could – if you put us up against the Islanders right now, we don't look good. At, we don't look good against them at all. I would still pick the Flyers to win that series, and the Islanders are a much better team. Where Montreal had no business making the playoffs, they were the last seed, and they played their Stanley Cup against a team. The Flyers are a different team themselves. Uh, the Flyers in the beginning of the season would have never did what they did to Tampa Bay. They would have maybe beaten Boston, maybe had a good game against Washington. It wasn't until the later Flyers showed up that we got the result that we got. And I think that new team, that different, more confident team with a chip on their shoulder, are going to mop the floor with these Canadians. Confidence. They added speed when they added Kubel to the lineup. They added some size and some physicality when they added Thompson to the lineup. And they also got a third-line center so they didn't have to split Coots and Giroux off that first line in Grant. They have Not a more to mention, optimal. Lawton is absolutely setting the world on fire right now, and I don't see the Canadians slowing them down. Yeah, I mean, they have a more optimal lineup for their system. They have more depth. Everybody's bought in. And yeah, Lawton has been on a tear. God forbid when Jake and G start like truly scoring. Uh, they're really going to be in trouble because everybody else seems to be... The only thing not going for this team right now is the power play. Everything else is on all cylinders. See, that's, that's what I wanted to ask you guys here. And Kyle, let me let me start with you this year first because, you know, you, you usually, you're the Kyle's Keys guy. Is that top line, is that one of your keys to this series? I'm putting you on the spot because I didn't really give you time to think about this, but the Flyers' top line didn't really produce during the round robin and... You know, we kept saying, oh, it's because they're shutting down the other team's top line. And that's great, but they're the top line because they have to fucking score. You know, and I'm not trying to start any shit with the Flyers and the top line. But they got to score for this team to win because the Montreal Canadiens, that guy, Philip Dano, he's being mentioned in with guys like Coots and Bergeron and things like that. He's a really, really good defensive center. He's going to shut somebody down. And... If you look at this Flyers team right now, that second line is producing like a first line. So it's going to be interesting to see who he's out on the ice against. If it is, let's just say, let's let's just say Deneau's matched up with the Hayes line. Giroux, Coots, if it's Ford, Check, Farabee, that line's going to have to produce, no? Honestly, this is the one series I can say that the first line does not have to produce full tilt in order to get the same result. We have so much more depth than Montreal at this point. It doesn't matter where Philip Deneau lines up. We have two other lines that are going to smoke the two other lines. Three lines that are going to absolutely annihilate the other three lines on Montreal. So go ahead. Match Philip Deneau against Hayes, Konechny, and uh, Lawton. 
and it's not it's not going to make a difference. A, that's not Philip Deneau's not slowing down that line. He's not. There's nobody on Montreal that's slowing down that line, and nobody on Montreal slowing down that third and fourth line right now. So even if Giroux, Coots, Voracek don't get it going, which I do think they are going to get it going this series, and I think that at the end of the series we're going to look back and go, they really got it going, they're on fire now heading into the next series, and it's going to be like a little chip on our shoulder. If they happen to not get it going, then I don't think it changes the series outcome at all. Okay. Yeah, and look at some of our, our big players. I think Kevin Hayes and his stick handling ability, the way he uses his body to protect the puck and uh, just prolonged plays, I think that's going to give Montreal absolute fits. I think guys are going to get open because of it. Uh, I think you got Coots. He's coming in. All right, who's the big bad center? Coots has to shut down. You're telling me that's Tatar? I mean, that's laughable. You know, I mean, I don't think Druin does much for them. You're telling me that Jake and G can do whatever they want, and it might not ultimately matter with the outcome because we got everything else on lockdown. That's why I think this series could be, I mean, it will depend on price. He's still going to be your biggest obstacle no matter what. And um, the good news about that is our power play is not good anyway. So <laughs> the best player on the power play, or the penalty kill rather, is supposed to be the goalie. So that's their strength. It doesn't affect us. We win games without doing anything on the power play. We do all our damage on five on five, and I don't see that changing. Uh, I see that second line, which is technically our first line, con- continues to roll, and the uh, the depth we have is going to easily overtake the depth they have. Um, there's a couple of guys who can maybe individually effort some stuff, but I don't see it. It's very unlikely. This could be. I, this should be embarrassing. It should be a statement series. All this being said, I do believe that we need to get the power play on track this series before we start getting into the depths of these playoffs. This is round one. We got through the round robin. We really did not do anything on the power play. Let me ask Quite you guys literally. a question here. Because you guys are both bringing up power play. And... We saw the power play specialist play last game. Do you play Shane Gossespair against the 12-seeded, now 8-seeded Montreal Canadiens to see if he can spark your power play? Or do you go with the guy who's been there the whole time, you know what you're going to get, you know you can trust him, Robert Haig? I actually, you know what, dude, as much as, I, uh, as, much as I'm critical of Ghost, the way he played in that Tampa Bay game, I don't see how you don't play ghost over hag the dimensions he provided were way more than what hag provides i think that ghost is on the shortest leash on the entire team ghost fucks up game one he's out and he's not getting another shot providing there's no injury but if he produces like he produces against tampa bay you may end up seeing ghosts from a couple years ago, and I'm not complaining if that's going to be our team heading forward. Yeah, it's hard to argue that. I, I kind of, I basically agree with everything Kyle said. And on top of that, if uh, Ghost does play well, gives you more options going into the off season. Not that they'd be thinking that, but definitely doesn't hurt. And yeah, getting this power play going, and then like say he had a bad game and he was yanked for Hag, 
if the power play got going that and they kept going without him, which is definitely possible, you just need to get that first one. Uh, that could work wonders as well. And if you're going to play these juggernaut teams later, you absolutely need to get it going. You need to get it going regardless. It's kind of like silly that we're this good, but somehow have no power play. Um, that's what could separate games for us. Instead of closing out some like three to one, two one games, we could put these teams away early and they need to break through on the power play for that reason alone. And for the fact that the guy is finally playing good, you should reward him. He needs to get at least game one and two of this series and see how he plays and go from there. Okay. So you guys are both saying play ghosty ghost. See, I think uh, uh, another big key factor in ghost being in the lineup over hag, especially against Montreal is Montreal lack size up front, like really bad. They lack a ton of size. So if anybody's going to excel, in the series, whether it be Hag or Ghost, it's Ghost. Ghost has the skating ability, has the hands, has the ability to excel here. I think Ghost would do worse against a team like Boston or Washington. or You know what I mean? If that makes yeah, sense. Bigger body teams, yeah. Yeah, it'd be tough for him to play his game and do what he does against big bodies, but this is a good exam, uh, a good opportunity for him to do his thing against guys closer to his size, maybe at the very least get his confidence back, which seems to already be coming back. So, yeah, it's all the more reason why we should see, as much as I like Hag and what he does, this is why uh, Ghost should get to start in the series. But yet another example of why the Flyers are the one of the deepest teams, if not the deepest team in the NHL right now. Who can swap out a defenseman from one from just one game and possibly be that much better of a team? Yeah. I mean, you got a $4.5 million former 60-plus point defenseman sitting on your uh, in your bench, and you can just put him out there whenever you want. I'll say this. I didn't hate watching Goss' Bear play the other night, whereas typically it's like, and I can't stand the way this guy plays hockey. I hate everything about his style. Uh, I dislike him. I dislike his attitude. Uh, I'm not sure the attitude changed, but he looks different on the ice. Uh, maybe it was maybe a little bit of luck was involved. Maybe some seeing eye shots got through, uh, but he wasn't noticeable in a negative way, which for me that's all I was really looking for with Ghost was just don't fuck up, man. Just don't do anything that's going to affect this team in a negative way. So I wouldn't be upset if he started over Hag or Hag. I, I think it's maybe a little bit unfair to Robert Hag, who's you know been there whenever he, he's needed to be there. Uh, having said that, I don't think he's the type of guy that would throw a fit over it, whereas Ghost might be that guy. So... I think if you're going to get Ghost in, like you guys were saying, a team like Montreal is the perfect team to get him in against just because the talent on the two teams is, you know, so heavily favored to the Flyers. It's, you know, maybe you get that power play going. Who knows? And, yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say about Shane Goss' spare. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> just about you were going to do that? <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I think at the end of the day, Jim, you kind of alluded to it. Uh, Hag is a sixth, seventh defenseman. Ghost is a top four defenseman. 
you should play and Kyle brings up a good point about size and this all the more reason why he should play in this series is you play your most talented players um, you know you have to worry about the system and all that and see how they react but based on what we've seen with ghost there's no reason at this point he looks like a different person he doesn't look as disgruntled or whiny you know he said he needs to be a better teammate maybe he is being a better teammate maybe he's buying in and realizing this is maybe could be his quote unquote last shot with the flyers and of what we've seen so far, it's very hard to argue. I mean, what an X factor could that be? As good as this team is, then Ghost just returns to how he used to be? Holy shit. You have to ride that and just see what happens. That's the kind of stuff that could make the difference in these playoffs on top of already having one of the hottest teams. It's not even fair at that point. You have to see what happens. And I'll just say this. I still don't like Ghost, but I will never wish for him to play bad. I want him I mean, to not do least well. Until we get va- not least until we get value for him. Yeah, if he plays well, then the Flyers play well, you know. And <laughs> I want him to increase his trade value as much as possible. That's exactly. where I'm sitting, dude. Yeah, and it, and if it's and if it's on route to a Stanley Cup, that trade value goes through the goddamn roof. Yeah, and that's sure. more because of the defensive, you know, prospects we have. That's not a ghost first Hag reasoning. That's ghost right. first York and Zamula reasoning and the cap. You know, so it's it just that just off season stuff that makes too much sense. And him playing well, it's only going to help that scenario reach a conclusion. So there's one more thing. I mean, th- th- we pretty much touch on everything here in this Montreal Flyers series or anything we forgot to mention, guys, because uh, I want to completely change coaching? the topic here. OK, like, yeah, I mean, it's uh, Lavigno against um, the hell's his name and Michelle Terrier. Yeah, yeah, and Michelle Former Terry. Montreal coach. Two of them, yeah, against, uh, what the hell's his name? I can, I can picture him, but I can't think of his name. I'm thinking Bergevin, but I can't remember Mr. if that's the coach Irrelevant. or the GM. No, for the, uh, for, the, uh, for the Bruins, or the Bruins. He was a Bruins old coach. That's why I can't, I can't believe I can't think of his name. It's Bergevin, isn't it? Or is it, the, is it a French guy? Bergevin, oh, I think it no, is. No, no. And I know this guy. Uh, Claude Julian. There we go. Jesus. It took way too long for me to remember. He looks like Barney Rubble. Oh, my God. Well, remember, this guy's got a cup ring. I mean, he did win in 2011. He's not inept or anything. Uh, That being said, I don't think he's anything super special. Uh, I know Vigneault doesn't have a ring. I'm still giving the edge to Vigneault, also the staff. I don't think that makes much of a difference. Flyers have been the Flyers. Montreal's been Montreal. Coaching is not going to decide this series. Just was worth being brought up. I don't think Montreal ever bought into his style. Um, they lacked the size to play Claude Julien's style. So, I mean, I don't, I don't really see it being a factor here. If anything, it's an X factor for the Flyers. I mean, you got a Jack Adams award-winning coach in the running again, and I, I just think he's. He's, I think he's going to outclass Claude Julien, and he's got the talent to, 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 to do that with the, with the Flyers roster. So, yeah, good, good point there with the coaching. Can we talk about the draft lottery to wrap oh, up here? Uh, forgot about that. Almost forgot. I feel like there, hey, weren't been worse. Eno- there weren't enough people on Twitter angry about the Rangers getting the pick. Like, all of a sudden, we're, we're cool with the Rangers. I mean, uh, I was pretty clear. Fuck the Rangers. I mean, <laughs> any there's always, you know, 
a lesser evil, but at the end of the day, it's still evil. So, like, I guess my initial reaction was at least it wasn't Pitt because fuck that. And uh, the Rangers, yeah, it sucks. It, it, it's really good for them. I, we, Me and Steve talked about this on Full Circle, and um, it was kind of going under the radar a little bit based on where they're at with their cap and with their, uh, some issues they have. And they were kind of missing one more piece offensively. And this is, if he was a friggin' franchise center, that'd be even worse, but it's still bad. I think Capo Caco is, um, he doesn't look like a first line player yet. And I don't know if he ever will be, but this definitely helps him for sure. And you got, you can deploy, uh, Zabitajad and Panarin differently now and on separate lines and, Suddenly they have more depth than we thought they did. They have better prospects. They have a good goaltender coming over to take over for Lundqvist. They clear out some guys on defense, get some caps back. They have guys on defense that have uh, good prospects there. Anthony D'Angelo, if they decide to resign him. This team could be an issue now. Uh, you got to hope that Kako is no good. You have to hope that Lafreniere is not as good. And you got to hope Panarin falls off the truck at some point because they suddenly have oodles of talent. Their farm is underrated, and we need to look in the rearview mirror at this team. I actually seen a pretty interesting take from a Rangers fan. He said he would rather trade the first overall pick to Ottawa for the, what is it, the third and the fifth? That's idiotic. Yeah. The third, the fifth, and some picks later, like second round and third round, because he'd rather be able to get a defenseman, a center, a good defenseman and a good center. They definitely the need those two positions, but to pass up a potential, uh, definitely a franchise potential. I wouldn't say he's generational, but he's like a notch or two under it to pass that up, to take a shot at a defense, a defenseman in a center and hope they both pan out. I mean, listen, uh, if you just started watching hockey recently and play a lot of NHL, you might think that, but that's not how it works in the real world. Uh, yeah, could this pick be a bust? Sure, what couldn't? But this seems pretty unlikely. I would trade three first-round picks for this guy. He looks legit as anything, and we should be worried about this. Well, that's what I'm saying. I feel I felt like, and I get it. A lot of people are like, oh, at least Pitt didn't get it. And I'm like, yeah, but New York got it. Like, Pittsburgh's Still on the, the down. Fucking Metro. Pitt's on the downswing, man. New York's on the upswing. Like, they're not that they're going to be the new Pitt, but. I mean, Caco Capo last year, they get Panarin in the offseason, and now they get the number one fucking overall pick. Like and they added, I, they added Truba. They added Adam. Uh, I think it's it's Fox. I can't remember if it's Adam Fox, the defenseman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they added him. He hasn't even played yet. They have a really good goalie prospect. It's ready to take over for Lundqvist. Anthony D'Angelo is a very good defenseman, at least young defenseman. So Big Dad's a stud. Aaron, as you've alluded. to, they have, if they could work it out and get rid of some dead weight and bring in some prospects that they have and maybe pieces here and there, they can suddenly have a full team. It's very similar to us. I don't know how good their coach is. I mean, he came from the AHL or college. I think it was college, actually. Um, yeah, so, but, uh, like, you know, we'll see. And they're not another team that's not afraid to spend money or anything, so... It, this is definitely not a good scenario. It's still better than going to the pit, obviously, but um, yeah, something to keep something to keep an eye on and remember when we look back and say, "Oh yeah, remember that 
I mean, last year we had the Devils and the Rangers one two. Can we like the Metro stop picking at the top? Like, it's Seriously. like everybody. We're trying to finally get better and separate ourselves, and we're finally starting to. And everybody is just giving, just keep giving them more prospects, keep giving them more ammunition, and get right back into the race. It's also worth noting that uh, the Rangers have two first round picks this year. What is their other one? Do you know? Carolina. Oh shit! Oh, so we don't know yet. Okay, yeah, that's that's there you go. All the more reason not to trade the first overall pick. <laughs> that's a Rangers fan. Does he know they have a second? Uh, I'm just saying. Pick? I, I just, just saying, man. I no, just I saying hear what I read. Yeah, just it, it, yeah. You take the uh, franchise, possibly elite generational guy, uh, and then you draft whatever the hell you want in that next pick, and they have a good. They have a good. Uh, prospect pool as it is so you're right jim it's something that's gone a little bit under the radar uh because the main concern was pit as it usually is but yeah hopefully this doesn't come back to bite us too hard i think the flyers rangers rivalry is going to be back man like legit back like this year i was expecting a little bit more fight during the flyers rangers games and the flyers ended up stomp excuse me stomping them but uh you know give this another year or two and that that's going to be a fucking legit rivalry again so I'm kind of looking forward to that. I'm not happy that they got Lafreniere, but what are you going to do? Any topics that you guys wanted to bring up before we wrap up the show? We're kind of going a little bit late here tonight because of that fucking five-time <laughs> game. Thanks, Tampa. Yeah. yeah, right? Pushing everybody back. Not really. I just want to get your guys' predictions on the score tomorrow. Oof. Not only that, I want you to tell me who scores the first goal for, uh, for Philly. I'm gonna go three two flyers and I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Scott Lawton opens it up. I'm just gonna go with Scott. I knew you were gonna say gut. that. <laughs> I'm going with my gut, man. Alright. He did he has scored in every game. Kyle? Six nothing flyers. Oh I like oh it. Oh my god. Six nothing flyers. Shut out for heart. And the first goal is gonna go to the one and only Kevin Hayes. Oh, I would love to see that. Yeah, no, I, I got him. Oh, and price for- and price is gonna get pulled in the second period. Wow. Now that would be shocking. <laughs> Jesus. Price? Who'd come in? Caden Primo? Oh, it doesn't matter at that point. Six <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to go four to one. I got I got Coots scoring the first goal. Um, but I have it coming on the power play. <gasps> so we'll see what happens. All right, boys. Oh, we, uh, Jimmy's writing it down. Yeah. <laughs> I don't listen. Honestly, I, I, I want the Flyers to win. I definitely want them to win. They're definitely going to win. Just don't do it in five fucking overtimes, please. I know. God Whatever we can do. Just, like, not do five overtimes again. Listen, if it goes past the first overtime, they better beat the record of all time. It better go seven just so we can have the record and be done with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you're going to go that long, break the fucking record. That would be horrible. Um, uh, yeah. So now, couple- how, would you, how crushed would you guys feel if they drop this game? I wouldn't feel – I would look at it as – because they're due. The Flyers are due for a loss. They haven't lost yet. I would see it as kind of a wake-up call. Like, okay, let's reset. Like, we're not perfect. This is what we got to work on. And then I would expect them to dominate after that. Whereas if they if they don't lose for a little while, I, I expect them to keep doing things the way they do it. I mean, they're going to lose eventually. That's why I don't – I see it as a 4-1, to one, potentially 4-2 to two series. But, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if they came out and lost tomorrow. 6 nothing. You heard it here first. Probably is not happen, not possible. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I would be crushed. I'd be like, really? Are you kidding me? Like, I, I would be very angry. 
Uh, be like after what we did to those other teams and just looking at Montreal's roster and what they've done. It's just like, if it's like one, nothing, it won't be as bad, but if it's like five to four, four to three or something like that, and they lose or God forbid four to one on the losing end, I'm like, are you friggin' kidding me? Do you know who you're playing right now? So, I mean, I it just, like it's, you're, you're getting yourself hyped to lose a game that we're going to win six, nothing. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, Hi, Kyle. This is Jack. Uh, <laughs> this is how I treat every game. <laughs> By the way, Dave Haxall is our coach for almost five full years. This is now <laughs> embedded in me. <laughs> I just can't bring you to Toronto to watch oh. it. And we're fine. No, you're going to no. Nope. I got to stay as far away from, from you and from the Toronto as possible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys, so we're uh, a little bit over an hour in. I want to congratulate our jersey contest winners. We gave out a couple Flyers jerseys. What? Uh, we can't afford that. Throughout the round robin. Uh, so congratulations to those guys. I think we gave away like four jerseys, so that was pretty. Jesus Christ, that's half a team. Yeah, pretty cool. Half Thanks our, for uh... our all-fantasy team. Yeah, we just <laughs> got a head coach tonight. Could you imagine if we did that, we put the fantasy team name jerseys out? Barry Twats. Oh my God, that's actually a really good idea. Actually, we, we got a uh, we got a, an assistant coach, Barry Twats. Our uh, our, our main coach is uh, Elaine Laviolette. Come on, guys. All right, well, Barry <laughs> Twats is like the protege. Then he's being groomed. Uh, what did I miss here? Oh, we have got a we got a couple new shows out, guys. We have obviously Full Circle with Jack and Steve. Uh, awesome show. They just recorded their second episode. It was out on Monday, so. If you haven't listened to it yet, which a lot of you have, so I assume there's not that many of you who haven't, check that out. Uh, you'll catch up on literally everything in the league, uh, full circle. And then if you haven't caught the bright side yet, it's a positive flyer show uh, featuring Josh Bright. Uh, make sure you check that out. What am it's I? Essentially, everything the opposite of uh, me and Kyle uh, on the Bright Show. I mean. It's positive 24-7 all the time. Seriously, take a listen. The uh, Nolan Patrick uh, com- comments really left me with my jaw dropped. Can't get any more positive than bad. that, can you? Yeah, that's just it. I don't want to say it was wrong or bad because it wasn't. I just want to say that that was the most positive take I have ever heard, and it was impressive. I don't. I couldn't do that if I tried. Check out hwhockey.net, guys. A lot of, a lot of articles on there. Uh, Kyle, are you gonna have Kyle's keys out for tomorrow? Or you want to put him out on the show? I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to have him out uh, before the game tomorrow, but it's gonna be rough. It's gonna be close. Gonna All be right, tight. guys. Keep an eye out for the Kyle's keys before the game. Are you gonna do it for the series or for the game? I'm gonna do it for the game. I'm gonna do individual games. All right. Uh, there's, there is no keys to the series. We're gonna smack the shit out of them. Mm. that's the key number one mm. <laughs> all right boys and girls we're going to wrap this up hwhockey.net make sure you check out our new shows thanks for listening and uh, actually you know what we'll be back friday with flyers former equipment manager derek settlemar he's officially joined our team so every other week we'll have him on we'll have some great stories for you guys so look out for that episode friday thanks for listening let's go flyers
Time.